And so I never fit quite into the box. And so I kind of just had to do it on my own. And I started getting small jobs here and there. And I taught myself how to write a press release. I started working with very small startups who would only pay me once I got them a press feature. And so I had to kind of hack my own PR and cold call my way to figuring it out. And that is eventually what led me to build my business today. You're listening to the She Leads Me podcast, where women come together for powerful conversations around life and leadership. Each episode will bring you conversations with incredible female business owners and leaders, tools for you on your personal and professional journey, and needed conversation and education to equip you with the tools to forge your path in today's world. I am your host, Heather Simpson. My mission is to educate and empower women who are seeking a different type of conversation, taking them to the next level in their journey and career. Welcome to She Leads Hey everyone, welcome to today's show. We have Gloria Chow, who is a former TV producer and U.S. diplomat who has spent her entire career using various media to tell impactful stories that create opportunity. She never had any fancy industry contacts or agency affiliations, so she had to learn how to hack her own PR by cold calling and emailing thousands of editors. That's why she believes that PR shouldn't be a luxury item only for later stage companies. She is now a PR guru with a mission to help early stage founders hack their own PR without ever spending a penny on ads or agencies, which I know for a lot of us in our kind of new stages of business sounds like music to our ears. Her unique three-step method is proven to help founders gain credibility and traction without breaking the bank. Please welcome to the show, Gloria. Hello, Gloria. Thank you for joining me on the She Leads Me podcast. How are you today? Doing so well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to see you. Now, you're based in New York, is that correct? I am. I'm based in New Excellent. York City. How, what's happening with New York City these days? What's it like out there? I mean, we saw all of like the crazy pandemic photos when, you know, the first like streets of empty, like what's it like living in New York? I mean, that's a good question. I, I, feel like there's some days where it almost seems like things are back to normal because people are really taking advantage of the last few days of good temperature. But I know that once yeah. we get closer to Thanksgiving, it's going to get scary again. So I'm actually mm. planning my West Coast escape for like three weeks. Excellent. And where do you go when you go to the West Coast? So I'm from uh, LA originally, but I'm going to actually go to San Francisco as well as to Maui. I'm going to try to see if I can get in. <laughs> Yeah. that's one of my favorite places yeah yeah they just released their quarantine there so you actually could potentially hop over there without a you know, just with just with a COVID test I yeah fingers crossed I cannot wait yeah <laughs> so diving into today I'd love for you to introduce who you are to our audience and what it is that you do awesome so uh, my name is Gloria Chow and I have my PR coaching firm, Gloria Chow PR, LLC. Uh, but unlike agencies, I actually do things quite differently. I try to empower the solo entrepreneur and founder to be their own PR hero so that they do not have to go the agency route. They don't have to sign retainers. They don't have to rely on someone else's Rolodex. So that has been a huge pivot for me. And before that, I was actually in the U.S. government. I was a U.S. diplomat. So I was assigned overseas. I was working in Brussels and Toronto. So quite a career shift. Yeah. Tell, tell us how you got started in being a U.S. diplomat. Like what led you even on that path? Yeah, I feel like my life has always been a series of like 
trying different things and just not being afraid to, you know, just do it and fail and try again. But I always was interested in international relations. So I had studied abroad a ton when I was in college and I've always, you know, growing up in a bicultural uh, bilingual household, um, I was always interested in, in, in diplomacy. So when I um, graduated from college, I worked as a documentary film producer, uh, taking international uh, non-English speaking TV crews all around the world. And then I decided to apply for grad school. And when I applied for grad school, I applied for a bunch of scholarships and I got one called the Pickering Fellowship, which is um, a US State Department fellowship. So they actually paid for my grad school in exchange for kind of a pre-selection into the diplomatic service. So um, I was kind of pre-selected and I had my career almost figured out where I would you know, be in the foreign service. I could have had a 25 year career with a pension somewhere along the way. I felt like it wasn't aligned with me. So I had to make a big decision and jump ship and uh, kind of restart again. And that's how I came to what I'm doing now, which I feel like is a thousand times more aligned with who I am. Yeah. So did you just jump right into starting your own thing or did you work for another firm at first or kind of where did you go when you when you left um, being diplomat? Well, it's a good story. It's actually really interesting. I had tried, I think I applied for over like a thousand jobs at various PR agencies, tech firms, and I always wanted to do communications because I was also a speechwriter. So communications was always something that I wanted to do, but nobody would hire me because they were very confused by my experience. They said I had um, very impressive pedigree. However, I never worked at an agency. And so I never fit quite into the box. And so I kind of just had to do it on my own. And I started getting small jobs here and there. And I taught myself how to write a press release. I started working with very small startups who would only pay me once I got them a press feature. And so I had to kind of hack my own PR and cold call my way to figuring it out. And that is eventually what led me to build my business today, and which is teaching my methods that I got from thousands of cold calls um, into a winning formula that I'm able to now teach to various founders. That's incredible. I love the practice of cold calling. It drives, like it freaks people out. I got started in the real estate industry. And when I got started, I was 20 and like no one that I knew my age was buying or selling a house. <laughs> and all of like my parents' friends, nobody like trusted me yet to like work with them. So I had to like fall in love with the process of cold calling. <laughs> How was that process for you? I think people are too afraid to tap into that nowadays, but I think that it is a really good uh, thing to add into business um, when you're looking to drum up some business for yourself. I mean, that's why I really love appreciate, you know, and talking about you because you understand that, right? You understand that success comes from trying things before you're ready to go into an uncomfortable situation and just figuring it out. And yes, you're going to fall on your face. You're going to get phone slammed in your face, but you're going <laughs> to yeah. be able to get sharper and use that feedback to perfect your message. And, and that is like so much time and progress is going to give you an edge over your competitors. So it, you know, it doesn't feel good to cold call anyone. There is a lot at stake. Your heart rate rises. You're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? But as, it's kind of like a muscle, right? It, the more you can flex that muscle, the more you're not afraid of rejection, the faster you are on your way to success. And I think you and I both understand that now. And I'm just, you know, I just know that in sales and in life, failure is just part of the equation. It's just, I have to get through a hundred no's before I get to that one. Yes. And it's just part of the game. Mm -hmm. So how do you coach around that with the people that come to work with you? Because PR in and of itself, like it's 
it can be sometimes a little scary for somebody just starting on that path of really wanting to be seen. It's kind of scary for them to feel that vulnerable, maybe a little bit. Um, and then also kind of handle maybe some of the no's and some of the rejection that they get. How do you coach people around that? Well, I think, you know, this is 2020 and we live in a world where ads are no longer that effective, right? We are so attuned and sensitive to ads and marketing that, um, you know, it's just, there's only a limited ROI. So I always say to founders, um, don't, don't, you know, invest in ads and marketing unless you absolutely have the bandwidth. Instead, try to see how you can leverage the power of PR because that is the only thing that's gonna get you both credibility and traffic, right? So ads and marketing, it gets you that traffic, but it doesn't get you that social proof. And you really need that as an early stage founder because that is what's gonna convince people to work with you or buy your product. So PR is really the one thing that does both. But the thing about PR is that, yes, you're gonna have to learn how to pivot your message and offer it up and maybe get a few no's or a couple dozen no's, but then you're gonna start to understand how to build an organic relationship how to, how to transform your basically glorified product brochure into a winning angle. And the beauty of it is that when you can do that, you become a thought leader. You're not just someone that's selling a product. And so that is the transformation I try to take all of my clients through is how do you craft a pitch that is so that is not product focused, but instead puts you in the position where you are a true thought leader and you have actual commentary on where your industry is headed. Mm -hmm. I know that our listeners are, their ears are perking up because if they aren't doing it currently, they've thought about trying to figure out a way to get more exposure and, and maximize their efforts when they're in business. When someone comes to work with you, you have a specific formula and kind of step-by-step -step process that you take people through. Would you kind of dive into that a little bit um, for our listeners? Sure. So I don't do things the traditional way. You're not going to see me try to sell you an agency retainer. And in fact, my whole business is super revolutionary because I don't actually have a Rolodex. People are shocked to know that I'm not selling my relationships. I'm not telling you, okay, you pay me 10 grand and I'm going to call up a buddy of mine. I actually don't really have a Rolodex. And so I came up with a pitching method called the CPR pitching method. And as long as your pitch has these three things, it usually gets a response. And the C stands for credibility. The P stands for having a point of view on where your industry is headed. And the R stands for relevance. And so having that allows you to craft your pitch and transform something that's just a product brochure into something that is truly relevant. And obviously there's my three-step process to getting press. Number one is you have to build your media list. And I have a whole spiel on it where, you know, you need to have it organized. You need to know who is in the position to write about your company. And it's not the editor-in-chief of Fast Company because they're doing their own book tours. It's the staff writer who covers your beat, whether it's real estate or wellness, right? And then you need to monitor where they are on social media because LinkedIn is such a powerful way to connect with journalists organically. They are very open to actually receiving uh, connections from people they don't know because LinkedIn is just the platform for that, right? And then number two is transforming your pitch using my CPR method. Again, that stands for credibility, point of view and relevance. And then afterwards, step number three is building your authority while you are sending out your pitch. So what does that mean? It means that you can right now, uh, you know, contribute to a higher domain authority website like a LinkedIn or a Forbes or a Fortune that takes in contributor articles. So all that time you're spending on writing a blog on your website, stop doing that, 
instead offer it up to a higher domain authority website. Um, or you can issue a press release, which will automatically boost your SEO and make you visible and searchable on the Google News section. You're allowed to your message across a couple of different platforms. If people do have like a few articles on a blog, let's say that they have been working on, are the rules of PR, are you allowed to admit that to another company to publish? How does that, I guess I don't know kind of like the rules, who has the right to publish what only be in one spot or live in multiple areas? That's a good question. And a lot of times when you are trying to submit for a contributor article, they only accept original pieces. So if you have already published it somewhere else, they will uh, reject your request. So that is why it is so important to reallocate your time that you're spending to write on your website, which maybe gets a couple dozen or a couple hundred views and try to pitch it to a website that gets thousands of views. Hmm. Interesting. I had no idea. I did not know that. <laughs> Let's say someone is, and they're, they're listening here. They're like, hey, that's great. I don't even know when to start start with creating do I like I need any information like how what what where do I start do I start with content only and just what's the what's the strategy well obviously my CPR method helps establish a framework on what you should include in your message but there are helpful tools that you can use such as a google news alert where you sign up for relevant articles about your industry keywords and you can start to marinate your brain with, okay, these are the types of articles, these are the subject lines that are super pressworthy. So that way you can, from a messaging point of view, transform your marketing and, and product ROI into something that people care about, right? So for example, um, if you are a college uh, counselor or if you're a career coach, instead of pitching your services and how you can find people, you know, find people jobs, you can talk about comparing 2020 grads versus 2008 grads, maybe running a simple survey to compare their attitudes about the job market and offering that up as an original story. Hmm. Oh, that's a great idea. I love that. <laughs> so you have this framework, you work with people. I guess I want to kind of go back a little bit to, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people would figure out the hacks to this and use that to leverage their own business and their own brand. You have chosen to make this your mission to help empower other people to amplify their voice. Talk to us about the decision about helping kind of lift up others instead of just amplifying your own voice within that. Yeah, I mean, I think when I started, I realized that I was never going to fit into an agency and that uh, the PR agencies are great for, you know, businesses who have deep pockets and can really invest in the long-term. But as an entrepreneur myself, I understand how maybe that's not feasible for a lot of people. So I realized that I found my tribe by serving other founders just like me, who are trying to do it all, who are trying to figure out new ways to maximize resources and do what they do, do with what they already have, right? And so that is why I give so much for free, I actually do master classes. I'm constantly hosting them with iFund Women, Female Founder Collective, and it's a master class that is the equivalent of a six hours worth of, of teachings in 45 minutes. I give free worksheets, and all of that is for free because I really want to empower people to do it themselves first. Instead of 
giving them that kind of scarcity mindset, like, you know, that, that kind of sales tactic that's like, oh, if you don't do it, like your competitors, I actually feel like empowerment is a way better sales tactic. You empower people by giving away as much information as possible. And you have that abundance mindset and it will always come back to you. Same thing with journalists. A lot of, a lot of times I tell my clients, you can actually act as a conduit for information and tell journalists, hey, you can actually come to me because I have access to this customer base. Let's say if you are a mom, you have a product for moms, right? You can say, I, I can give you the contacts of my customers who can actually give you commentary. So don't have a scarcity mindset and think, oh, they're going to just bypass me. Instead, offer yourself up as a conduit and a connection to the community. Mm, yeah, that's so good. So, so powerful. My mind is just like being open up to all of the different possibilities here. This is just so great. Um, so when somebody comes to you and you are teaching these master classes or they can choose to work with you one-on-one, kind of where do you recommend that they get started? I always point them to my free masterclass, which they can download and, and go through. And a lot of clients, actually not clients, just founders, have been able to get pressed just by putting in the methods you know, that I reveal on my masterclass, right? So another day, a founder wrote to me and she has a yoga mat company. And she said, like, you know, I saw your masterclass in July. I actually put in the work and I actually got my first feature in Pop Sugar. And wow. that is a platform that gets over, I think, 15 million views a month. Right. Yeah. And so she was able to, so it is possible to do it on your own. So go on my website, Gloria Chow PR.com that's C H O U. And I have tons of resources on how to hack your PR, um, how to use Haro, for example, which is called help a reporter out. It is a PR resource where you can sign up and journalists will tell you every day, the quotes they're looking for and the people who are there, they're trying to interview. There's tons of free stuff. And if you feel like you want to cut your time in half, if you really want to get a jump start, then you can work with me. But I always encourage people to be empowered enough to do the methods because they work, right? So try to do it yourself first. And that mm -hmm. is really kind of my approach on like cultivating trust as well. Um, and, and just telling people that I'm really here for your success. And I'm not just trying to sell my services. So Right. And as a people that do start off on their own, that are building brand new businesses, it's so helpful to be able to leverage um, you know, and decide like spending that time to, to gain that PR so that they can make that next level jump to then hire you, hire some help for themselves and be able then to not have to always DIY, but at least have it be a stepping stone to, to help them get there and help really expand their and grow their business in a different way than, than what's traditionally talked about out there. 100%. And even if you, even if founders choose to work with me, it's not going to be a monthly retainer where you have to sign a long contract. I just, it's just not my model. Mm -hmm. And I'm all about quick wins. So I don't do any kind of monthly retainers actually, which is shocking in the world of PR. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You are rethinking the model and you are providing, you're listening to what the need is out there and you're providing the answer to that, which is um, so refreshing to see. So thank you for doing that. I want to ask you about um, just kind of a, diving a little bit more into your growth side of things because you have you have such a diverse background in so many different things. You it sounds like you like really go all in. You immerse yourself in whatever it is that you're doing, and you learn and grow along the way. And then that helps you able to step confidently into kind of like the next growth mission for you. What are some tools or resources that you 
have tapped into books, podcasts, coaches, like what, what has helped you on your path to success? Well, in terms of just an ethos or a motto, I always believe that uh, you need to start before you're ready, like always. So when I first was doing my master classes, my slides were a mess. It didn't flow as well as I wanted to, but I wanted to get it out there because I could use that feedback and keep perfecting my slides. And without any kind of ads whatsoever, I've been able to get 3000 founders to actually attend my live classes. And I think the reason is because I'm constantly listening to feedback. I'm asking people what they enjoyed. I'm updating my slides. And the same thing for pitching, right? When you are trying to develop a relationship with a journalist, you need to be able to tap into you know, what they're covering, you know, be attentive to kind of what their beat is. And that way you can really develop a relationship with people in the long term. So just get rid of the thought that you have to be perfect or that people are going to love everything you serve up. You know, I've had failed offers. I've had offers where I completely, I put so much money into it and decided it wasn't aligned with me and I had to scrap that. But I'm always trying to tweak and perfect and try different things. So don't, so don't be afraid to start before you're ready and don't be afraid to fail. Like, like I said, you know, with the cold calling, that is literally how I built my business and how I, and how I came up with my methods is by cold calling, is by not having any Rolodex to depend on. Mm-hmm. I had to fall enough on my face to be like, you know what, I think I'm starting to see a pattern here. And then yeah. coming up with that pattern of success and then fleshing it out and really making it super solid so that I can share that system with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leaning into getting feedback from others. Uh, one common thing that comes up with the women that I work with is balancing that um, desire to gain feedback and grow and appease to, to what other people are looking for, but then also following some of that intuition that makes us brilliant at what we do and not letting too much feedback kind of drown out our own inner voice. How do you navigate through that when you're starting before you're ready, when you're launching things and then getting that feedback and um, not everybody's going to be an expert in, you know, in providing the feedback that, that is specific to you? How, how do you go about that? That's such a great question because there is a balancing act. And I think it all starts with intention and knowing who you serve. And if you try to serve everyone, then you actually serve no one. And so one decision I made earlier on was I realized with this type of non-agency approach to PR, I'm just not going to appeal to the bigger companies and the companies that want that handholding. And it just means that I'm not going to be able to charge the retainer fees. So what, so honing in on that and knowing that I'm not going to appeal to everyone has just allowed me to get really specific with how I deliver my results. And so you're going to have have people who are like, well, I really want you to do this for me. Or, you know, I, I, they're going to want you to do things that are out of the box. And you just have to learn to say no, because you're super focused on perfecting the system and the methods that you already have, which have been proven to work. And so mm-hmm. I have had a lot of opportunities where people want to engage with me and offering a lot of money and, and j- it just didn't align with my services. So I had to say no, right? Because mm-hmm. I realized that my intention is to really serve the founder who believes in being their own PR hero. So it just, it just means that I'm not going to be able to serve everyone. And that is okay. I think that is also one of the markers of success. I was actually talking to my friend about this is that in the beginning, right, when you are climbing up the ladder and you're trying to get clients, you hear a lot of no's, right? So there's lots of no's, uh, you know, because you lack social proof or whatever. 
And then once you are super intentional on your message and you are you super, you know, are super specific with how you deliver it, you get success, you're in the position where you're saying no. So it's almost like a cycle, you know, where like in the beginning you get lots of no's and then you're so clear on the value that that you deliver that you're the one saying no. And it's just very interesting to see that cycle. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Intention and knowing who you serve. That's that's so helpful. And yeah, just, I, I think perfect for people that are trying to balance out the really wanting to appeal to everybody being so afraid of leaving quote money on the table, um, that, that they're, they're afraid to kind of niche down who they serve. They do, they don't want to say no to anybody. They're starting a new business. They want to say yes to all of the income opportunities, um, so it's, it's, it's powerful to hear that that was your process and that it's worked really well for you. To wrap up, I'd love to kind of lean in on what your uh, top couple of tips of success are. You have had a, such a wide range of successes. I would love to know and have you share with our audience if you could kind of sum up all of your experiences and, and the success that you've had, what would be your top couple of tips of advice? Well, thanks for that. I appreciate it. But I will say I've failed so many times. I think I applied at one point for over a thousand jobs, like after wow. I got the diplomatic. Yeah, over a thousand. So like 800 alone online and then like 200 just like referrals. And I went from having the most quote unquote prestigious career to not being able to get any jobs. So that was really difficult for me um, and, and really eye opening because then I realized like, you know, maybe I just don't fit in that like in that traditional nine to five category. And I think mm. if you're listening to this podcast, you probably feel the same way. So don't feel bad about it. It's just the universe telling you that you got to figure out your own unique system. And so that is what I teach now is my own unique system. And I would be nothing without that. Um, in terms of other ways of finding success and, and kind of getting, so obviously we talked about starting before you're ready and mastering the cold call. That is the single best way to strengthen your muscles so that you can become super, super resilient to whatever business is going to throw at you because it's going to be tough, right? As you know, the road to mm -hmm. entrepreneurship yes. is tough. <laughs> it is not going to be yeah. pretty all the time. So that is good. Um, no. The third one is, is, I think it's just having an abundance mindset and not being afraid to give stuff out. I'm not saying you should work for free. I'm not saying you should, you know, um, cheapen your time. But whatever methods that have worked for you, if you have a resource, share it, like have that abundance mindset. I really think that the reason why I've been able to have so much success in terms of people finding me organically is that I'm not afraid to give out information for free. Like I'm not afraid to just, you know, put all this helpful information. So let your content sell itself and people are going to come to you if you do put out so much valuable content because they're going to be like, well, the free content is so valuable. I can't imagine how valuable the actual paid content is going to be. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, so good. Gloria, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Where can our listeners connect with you from here? Where do you like to live on social? Uh, you already gave us your website, gloriachow.com. We'll link that in the show notes. Where else can we find you? I'm on Instagram at gloriachowpr, and you can follow that for daily PR tips. I'm also on LinkedIn. And uh, LinkedIn is actually used to be my top uh, platform. And so now that I've pivoted more to help female founders, I'm having, you know, having to learn the gram. So connect with me on there. Um, I'm growing that and go on my website, tons and tons of free resources. You can download your free media template and get started today. 
Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the She Lizzie podcast. If you enjoyed it, would you do us a favor? Would you go on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review? And then also while you're there, go ahead and share the podcast with your fellow female leaders. Also be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram and to get the latest information about the She Leads Me community and see what we're up to. We will see you next time.